December 21st, 2022. We're coming down to the end of the year here, and I hope your year is ending well. It's been a, a long year, it feels like, in good ways and bad ways. I recapped the year in Stillmeyer Games, uh, what, a week or so ago on the Stillmeyer Games blog? How long ago was that? See, that's, that's how time is weird these days. It was, yeah, it was two weeks ago. My blog post over the last couple of days were, uh, I talked about unreasonable hospitality on Monday. The idea of not just really even just going above and beyond for your customers, but um, surprising your customers in ways that they wouldn't even expect. That sometimes goes outside the bounds of what you would normally do for a customer. Talked about that on Monday. And last Thursday, in fact, last Wednesday, we talked a lot about um, the teasers I posted at the beginning of last year in our newsletter about things that might be to come in 2022. And uh, you all, or some of the people who were here last week suggested that maybe I go ahead and spoil the things that, that we've already revealed, kind of connecting the dots between those, those, uh, those teasers. And I did that in a blog post last Thursday, right after that discussion. So um, yeah, it was, it was fun to do that, fun to reveal the things that, that actually came out in 2022. And there, there was one thing that didn't actually come out this year that will come out next year. And so I'll build that into next year's teaser. So thanks for thanks for bringing that up last week. Hey Tony, Chad, Bo uh, Jordan, good morning today. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what, what have you all been playing lately? What, what games have you gotten to the table at the end of the year? I think I feel like there are a lot of games that that have arrived or have just been released at the end of the year. Uh, what games are you trying to get in? Um, I don't know if you think about it this way, but are there any like 2022 releases that you're trying to get in, get actually to the table in 2022, and now you only have around 10 days left to do so? Um, I feel a little bit of a pressure slash responsibility to do that because I usually post a top 10 list of 2022. I've already filmed one list for my favorite new additions and sequels. So I filmed a video about that that will come out this Sunday. I then filmed a video yesterday about my favorite games that I played for the first time in 2022 that were released or widely available prior to this year. And then I will wait until after the year is completely over before I film my favorite games played in 2022 that were also released or widely available in 2022. I like to fill out the entire year. There's still time left to play games, fortunately. Um, hey, Eric, Tom. Uh, Tom says, do you think you'd ever do a non-game rolling realms? Like maybe you could do a St. Louis realm. It's an interesting idea, Tom. It's something that we have talked about a little bit. There is one realm that we're making that is not, uh, not related to a game. The one, um, I don't want to say problem. I don't know if problem is the right word, but there, there are so many, like, like it feels like there are infinite possibilities of realms to make for rolling realms. And we now have so many in the works that I'm hesitant to add more at this point because we have we really have so many that will last us. Even if I release like three every other month or every two or three months, I think we have enough to last us through a good full two years, which is a lot. And uh, I don't know, that's a lot of money for you all to spend on these things. And it's a lot of things for us to print. And so I'm, I'm a little hesitant to add more. And given that there's already an infinite decision space regarding games that we can apply realms to, there's a much even greater infinite space that we can apply to uh, if we look for things outside of games. I think it's possible. And I think maybe the most likely target for that will be April Fool's. I think that's a, time, that's a, a day when we usually release something that's a little bit outside of the normal rules that we make for our products. And that would be a time that we might consider something like that. In fact, we, that is a time when, when we have a realm coming out next year that is, uh, that is not related to a game. Great question though. It opens up some fun possibilities for sure. And I guess I should 
you know, why not just for fun? You mentioned St. Louis. Is there any non-gaming realm that you or anyone else listening along right now would love to see in Rolling Realms? So like the mechanisms of Rolling Realms, the distilled, you know, numerical dice usage uh, game applied to something that is not a tabletop game. It's not distilling a core mechanism, a core feeling from a, from a board game, instead of distilling that feeling from something else. What would you like to see? Jerry says, I would like to get Lands of Galzir to the table this holiday. Just received it a couple days ago. Yeah, I don't know, Jerry, if you saw, but I talked about Lands of Galzir on my video yesterday. This is a, it's a, it's a non-campaign persistent game, character-driven game, kind of a I don't want to say a table. I guess it is a bit of a tabletop role-playing game where you're playing the role of a character going on quest. It's a fairly open world game. And I had a blast with my first play of it. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it too. And um, yeah, just it, it opened my eyes again, as, as many games do, to, to what a game can be when it offers persistence, but without requiring campaign play, which I think is incredible that, they, that uh, designer Sammy figured that out. Uh, I was very good to get, get that to the table by the end of the year. Chad says he just taught Scythe to a few new friends in his new town. They loved it, but one player went against my suggestion and decided to produce all of his workers first. It was hilarious. Yeah, that can lead you down a tough path in a game, but it is it is possible to, to still persist if you make that happen. Uh, it, it's fun pushing boundaries like that in games, and hopefully they still have fun. Uh, thank you for teaching that, Chad, to the, your new friends in your new town. Uh, Dominic says, happy Wednesday. Darren says, season greetings. Very little gaming for me in what's left of the year. I'm working most days except the 25th. That's working in retail. Uh, thank you for, for doing that, Darren. I appreciate everyone who's who's working hard over these days to, to, bring, to bring joy to people over the holidays. Uh, I appreciate you doing that. Tim is joining us today, too. Hi, hey, Tim. Um, Jordan is playing Tapestry and Dune Imperium right now. That's what they're primarily playing. I need to get Dune Imperium back to the table. It's been a few months and I felt the same way about Ark Nova, but I got that to the table with a few friends last night. I went heavy, uh, heavy reptile, and yeah, mostly reptile last night in the game of Ark Nova. Ark Nova did not win, but I still had plenty of fun playing. I love, I, I love how in Ark Nova, and I feel like in Dune, in Dune Imperium too. Even if you don't win, um, it's so satisfying to to build on things. There's so many like little intrinsic benefits like if you like i had a, a i had a card that required two reptiles and i had a plan for getting that card into play and it took a few steps to get there and i got there and it felt really good uh didn't matter if i uh, won or lost and in that moment it felt like i was winning because i accomplished that goal that i set for myself i think that's a really really cool thing about arc nova it's it's oddly like a it's essentially a sandboxy open i don't want to say open world game but it's very open in terms of what you can pursue and what you decide is important to you and i love that in games when you get to decide what's important to you and there are multiple steps to getting to that goal and then when you accomplish that goal there's a great payoff it's one of the reasons i i didn't design around this for viticulture it was one of my earlier designs but that is one of the reasons i think i'm I really enjoy Viticulture because you set that goal of getting this wine order and then you go through all the steps to actually get there. And when you get to that payoff, it feels really, really good. I love games that do that. Chad says, oh, okay. Chad has the idea of a Gen Con or an Essen realm. So a, a, a realm for ruling realms inspired by a major convention. That's a cool idea. Darren says that he's ordered the new Immortals expansion for Dune Imperium. I haven't ordered that yet because I still feel like I haven't gotten enough plays out of my out of the first expansion, the Rise of Ix. But uh, but I've heard great things about Immortals. I hope you enjoy it. 
Dave says, we played First Descent a few times in the last few days. The incorporation of the theme and the game mechanisms is near the top of any game I've ever played. I'm an experienced climber, and I really appreciate this game. I'm so glad you enjoy it, Dave. I still only have the one play-in, the play-in that before I filmed my video about it, but I... And I'm not, I'm certainly not as experienced a climber as you, but I have done some indoor rock climbing and um, I totally agree. The theme is so richly ingrained into First Ascent. If anyone watching this hasn't heard of this game, look at my YouTube channel. There's a video on it about maybe, maybe a week or so ago um, where I talk about this outdoor rock climbing game where the theme really is, is built into every aspect of it. It's designed by someone, I believe it's a first time design, uh, designer Kate, I'm forgetting Kate's last name. Um, but she is also an avid climber, and you can really see how that's built into the game. And it also happens to be a great game. I, I Sometimes I, I have played games like that for someone who has a, another hobby and they want to apply a board game theme to it, but um, and they don't always work out as, as enjoyable games. But this game I found to be really, really fun, and I'm glad, Dave, that you had the same experience so far. Barry says that he just received the game Hamlet, and it's under his Christmas tree. He's excited to open that up. I have not played that one. Carlos says, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Carlos. I wish the same to you and your family. Um, my mom is coming to St. Louis uh, for, for Christmas on Friday. It's going to be very, very cold in St. Louis over the next few days. So we're going to bundle up and stay inside and enjoy some good, mood, some good food and some good moods with my mom and Megan and Megan's family and Megan's brother and sister. Um, this will be the first time that my mom will meet Megan's parents. So that'll, I'm hoping that'll go well. I think it'll go well. We're going to spend a few days together, so I really hope it goes well. That'll start on uh, on Friday evening. Are you all traveling over the holidays? What's 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 what are your holiday plans? Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to assume that you're celebrating any particular re religious holiday, but I think a lot of people do have a couple days off in the next couple days. So, are you traveling? Are you staying at home? What are what are you doing to to bring joy to yourself and your family and the, those that you care about over the next few days? Chad mentioned a panda realm. Panda realm. Is, uh, Panda is the manufacturer that we use. Although it would be fun to make a Panda realm that's kind of inspired by not just Panda the manufacturer, although manu game manufacturing is a puzzle, is a game in itself, but also maybe by actual Pandas. Maybe we could show little, little Pandas working in a factory on a Panda realm. That's cool. Mike says he recently got his copy of Frosthaven. He's spending today sorting it out. The campaign starts later this week. Awesome, Mike. I hope you have fun with it. Um, I, I've started to see reviews of Frosthaven come out. People seem to really, really be enjoying it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm curious how, how much time does it take when you open Gloomhaven uh, between the time that you actually open the box and when you can actually get it to the table? Is it, is it I don't know, 30 minutes? Is it an hour? And I'm talking about the, the, set, the initial setup, the setup for the game, and learning the rules so you can actually start playing the game. How much, what's the time there between opening it and getting it to the table? I've been curious about that. George says, he just five minutes ago, the Tapestry Playmat arrived with his courier. That's awesome. Perfect timing, George. You have the Tapestry Playmat. I just actually talked about that. I mentioned that on, on Instagram today. I had an outdated photo by mistake on, on our web store, um, but uh, I uploaded the, the correct and better photo, uh, the, the one that's more accurate for the final version, which does have slots for art, the arts and architecture landmarks on the, on the Playmat. So that is uploaded now to our web store if you want to check that out. Or you can actually just get it, like, like George did. I see Blake and Caleb are joining us this morning. Good morning, Blake and Caleb. To uh, two people who playtested the third Tapestry expansion that I'm going to start talking about in early 2023. Really appreciate you both doing that. Dusty's here from the mill. Great group of people here today. Hope you're doing well, Dusty. 
Stefan is here. He said, I just introduced more people to the magic of Wingspan yesterday. Thank you for doing that, Stefan. It's such a wonderful game. We played it over 30 times since the middle of August. Can't wait to add the Asia expansion. Yeah, I hope you get to add it soon. Um, are you waiting for a different language version or are you waiting for your English language version to arrive? I've heard great things about it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited that people are, are enjoying the different modes of play that it offers. Um, I don't know if I've seen anyone play the flock mode yet, but I've definitely heard of a lot of people playing the duet mode and some people playing the Altampa solo mode in it. But yeah, I hope, I hope people enjoy um, this game. I know Elizabeth put, put so much work into it. Our playtesters are proofreaders, the internal team at Summer Games. Um, it was a very, very important product to us. Chad says he just received his Marvel X-Men United game in the mail today. I'm looking forward to playing that soon as well. I think that's the, I, I've only played that once, and I played the X-Men version. I believe I, who did I play? Was I Cyclops? I might have been Cyclops. Um, yeah, I hope you have fun with it, Chad. Austin said he finally got Scythe to the table with the family, and he says it was a huge hit. That's awesome. Also got to play Wingspan with my parents, who usually only play Trouble and Monopoly-type games. That's a big jump for them. They loved it and kept my copy and even play it themselves. Thanks for all the great games. Austin, you just mentioned one of my favorite things that people do, and I think it's so wonderful that you did it where you not only you taught a game to someone, you help them have a, a good time with it, and you let them just keep your copy. I think that's so generous. I, I wouldn't expect many people to do that, but I think it's so wonderful that you did that. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to put out there, if anyone ever does that, if you end up introducing one of our games to someone and they love it and you decide in that moment, I want you to have this copy. You're having so much fun with it. I want you to have it and I want so you can play it right away again. Um, let me know because I want to, I'm not going to necessarily give you a free copy to replace it, but I do want to make it easier for you to get another copy. I'm happy to give you a generous discount so that you can get that copy back. Um, I love that sharing of games and, uh, Austin, thank you so much for doing that. That's really, really wonderful. So yeah, let me know if anyone else ever does that. Feel, reach out to me directly at jamie at snowwiregames.com so that I can give you a big discount on our web store so that you can get your own copy back if you want another copy of the same game. I know sometimes, sometimes I give away games that I love um, because I know that I, you know, I've played it enough for now and I'll come back to it later. So that does happen. I, I, I don't necessarily think that every game needs an automatic replacement. Nathan's here. Justin says, how's the weather looking for Christmas in St. Louis? Very, very cold, Justin. It feels incredibly cold right now, but it is only around like 30 degrees. It's going to get down to negative eight on Friday. It'll be extremely cold. I'm a little worried about pipes freezing because we did have that happen last year. So um, we're keeping an eye on those pipes and, and, uh, and that's us. Like, I think we're very fortunate and privileged to have, to have a home even, um, at, at this Christmas. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about the people in St. Louis who don't have heat, who don't have a home. I hope they're okay. Um, cause it's, it's going to get very, very cold here on Friday and over the weekend, it'll, it'll continue to be very cold. Nathan says that his parents played along with my live play 40. They thought it was so cool that you did the live plays. Nathan is referring to something I did last week where I played through a set of realms. Um, I have them over here off to the side now. Uh, they, are, they were fan-created realms for Rolling Realms, and I played them for the live play 40. And Nathan's was one of them. Nathan had the meadow-inspired realm that I played through and really enjoyed. I thought Nathan did a wonderful job with that realm. And that's so cool, Nathan, that your parents played along and, and saw that your, your design being played by a lot of people. Uh, not just me, but a lot of people played along, tagged along, and played along in the future when that video went live. So I think that's really, really neat. I think I will do that again. Uh, I had so much fun doing it that I'll do it again for Live Play 50. 
Um, in the meantime, I don't know when I'll do 41. It'll either be next week or maybe the next week. My mom will still be here for part of next week. And so when, when she leaves, I'll probably have be fairly busy catching up on other things. But I might do it next week, maybe, maybe the following week, maybe the first week of, uh, of 2020, uh, 2023. It'd be weird to say that. Dusty says, our Christmas plans got derailed by COVID. Oh, no, Dusty. He says, we always go to my mother-in-law's for Christmas, but their household got it, and now we're just staying at home. A strong winter storm is supposed to hit too, but we'll make the most of it. Uh, I'm so hard, sorry to hear that, Dusty. I'm glad that you're able to stay safe. I'm glad you caught that in time and 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 weren't able to and were able to avoid getting it yourselves, you and your family. But uh, but I'm sure you were looking forward to that. I'm sorry to hear that. Peter says he's working here for some of the holiday. Last time, he says this is the last time I plan crowdfunding for January, but hoping to squeeze in a few games. He got a, he got in a few games at PAX U. Uh, Peter, if you don't know, is also a fellow publisher and designer. Uh, Peter, what did you play at PAX U that you that you enjoyed? Maybe name your your favorite two games that you played at PAX U. Um, and what's your what's your crowdfunding campaign? I feel like I know about this. Is this the the one that's like sci-fi dwelling to Velderville? Is that the one that you're working on next? Taylor says he loves the tapestry map. Eager to hear about the new tapestry expansion. I'm eager to talk about it, uh, but uh, gonna wait a little bit longer. I don't think it has quite shipped yet out of uh, from Panda. So don't want to really start talking about it until we're a little bit closer to when it will arrive at our fulfillment centers. But we're getting closer now, getting, getting much closer. Peter has some nice things to say about Tapestry too. And he says, talk about the feeling that you mentioned about accomplishment. Tap, accomplishments, Tapestry has this in spades. I appreciate you saying that, Peter. That means a lot to me for you to, for you to say that. Um, yeah, Tapestry does have that. Uh, it does have that, that element of building towards big things. And it... Definitely uh, one thing I wanted from Tapestry is a strong sense of progression. I wanted you to feel stronger and stronger and more and more powerful throughout the game, especially as you advance on those advancement tracks. Stefan says, he says, he says I've just recently added the European expansion and want to play it a bit before adding Asia. Totally get that. I, like I said earlier, I feel the same way about Dune Imperium, the Rise of Ix, um, how I like to... I want to play through an expansion quite a bit before I add yet another expansion. It's one of the reasons that I kind of like well the expansion schedule that we've stumbled into for Wingspan, which is essentially every two years we'll be releasing an expansion. And part of that is out of respect for Elizabeth's time and creative energy and her other pursuits. She has a lot of other projects that she's working on. But part of it, I think, is also just so you have plenty of time to play through these expansions before we throw something else at you. This topic, I think, has been on... Uh, on the minds of some people in the game industry, including my own, in terms of Wizards of the Coast and Magic the Gathering, how they seem to be releasing, like, by the time they've, they've revealed one set and, and released it, they're already talking about and starting to build up excitement for the next set, which I get why they want to do that, but, um, but I kind of wish there was a period after they released each set where they just talked about how awesome that set is for a while and what people are doing with it and things that are happening with that set. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting, um, interesting strategy that they've used. And I, I wonder if there's a little bit of fatigue emerging from that within the Magic community. I only play Magic as a draft every now and then when a new set comes out. And I find myself skipping sets more and more often just to spread them out a bit more. Because um, even just hosting a draft is a big production when I, when I host one of these drafts. So I'm curious what you all think about that. What, what do you think about Magic if you play Magic? If you, if you play expansions, if you play games and you buy expansions for them, how often do you like for them to be released? How much time do you want between expansions so that you feel like your wallet is being respected, your time is being respected, and, and so you can really get a lot of the full experience of an expansion before you grab another one or try another one? 
Justin says, on Friday, we had our second baby, and I'm pretty sure she would fit in the nesting box. I'm sure she would, and congratulations, Dustin, or Ju Justin. That is that is really, really wonderful. Congratulations on your second baby. Almost a Christmas baby. Myra says, hi from Puerto Rico and from the Gaming, Ga Gaming Dragons channel. We are very happy with the excellent games released in 2022. How do you rank 2022 among other years of board game releases? That's an interesting question, Mario. Um, I don't usually compare one year to the next, although at some point I'll come up on enough years of my, my channel that I could showcase the top game that I picked from every year over the last 10 years. Um, how do I feel about this year? Let me, let me, I, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but I'll, I'll look at the games that I have on tap for my top games of 2022. Where do I have this? Here we go. Just scanning over this to see. It's a pretty good year. I don't know if I would make, post it as the, the top year, but there I, I've, I've really enjoyed a number of games this year. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a, it's a top gaming release year, but I would say it's a very, very good one, um, especially given how many games were released this year. There are a lot of games released this year and a lot of really, really solid games. I think it's maybe a little bit more difficult for a game to truly emerge from all the other games that are being released now. Um, but when a game does, it really stands out, and some of those are definitely on my list this year. What do you, what do you think about that, Mario? Have you did you talk about this topic on your on your channel recently? Um, how do you think twenty twenty two stacks up to the last five or ten years in terms of overall game releases and games that you really loved from those years? Blake says that he's heading heading to his nana and papa's on, and on Vancouver Island for New Year's. He's bringing Wingspan and Rolling Realms. Oh, this this uh, post is actually from Caleb, Blake's son. Bringing Wingspan and Rolling Realms. That's awesome. Uh, I hope you have fun with those games on Vancouver Island. I've been to Vancouver Island, actually. It was a long, long time ago. But yeah, I hope you have a, a, a great time there over the holidays. I heard that Vancouver just got a bunch of snow yesterday. So hopefully, if you want snow, it'll still be there. If you don't want snow, then it'll have washed away by then. Dusty says that Codename Dive was on the progress chart since 2020 and it fell off in December. Was that a Jamie design? What happened? Did other games come out that were too similar? I know you usually like to be pretty confident with them before you add them to the progress chart. He said, I told the mill audience that I'd ask. So I don't want to go into too many specifics about this game um, because it's still possible it will reappear on the chart someday. But in general, when I drop a, a, a game from the progress chart, with, which anyone can see if you go to the news page of our website, or our e-newsletter. Um, if I drop a game, it means that no progress at all is being made on it, uh, that, that no one is currently working on that game moving forward. And not only that it's not moving forward, but it hasn't moved forward for quite a while. Um, because typically I hold out hope that a game will continue to move forward for a couple months at least before I say, you know, I just have to acknowledge the fact that this game is not, nothing's happening with it, happening with it right now. It doesn't mean that we've totally ditched it, that we've totally given up on it, but it means that for now, I need to acknowledge that it just may not move forward. And so um, so that's why I removed it from the chart. I will, though, be adding a game to the chart in January. Unless I've already done so and forgotten that I did so. Let's see if I already did so. I plan to add a game to the chart. Let's see what's at the bottom of the chart. So the last few are uh, Crow, Lost, and Bone. And yeah, no, I have not added the new game to the chart yet. I look forward to doing so. Tom said, how did the end of year survey go? The demographic survey, any good insights? There were some great insights on that, Tom. Check out the blog post on December 5th. That's when I talk about some insights from the demographic survey. Since you're asking live, I will mention one insight that jumps out. 
This was actually, yeah, this is the big thing that I thought about a lot from this survey. I asked the question, at what phase of the gaming hobby would you say you're in? And uh, kind of the, the, the ranking of things that people could say were they're in the discovering, exploring phase, they're in the growing, collecting phase, refining, enhancing, saturation, completion, pausing for other life events or hobbies, or downsizing, culling. And the biggest answer by far, 52% of people said that they are in the refining, enhancing stage of, uh, of their board game hobby. Refining and enhancing. And at first that had me worried that people, that meant people, that over half of our audience, people who answered this survey, were no longer really interested in buying new games and they were kind of just enhancing the games they already had. But I realized that what they were probably saying was some combination of that and saying that they're at the point where maybe their shelf is full and they have to make a really concerted effort whenever they decide to add a new game to it. They're still open to new games, but it also might replace a game on their shelf. Like if they have five great worker placement games that they love, they might be really discerning about adding another worker placement game, but they're still open to it. It just has to be like a really, really special game for them to add. That was my perception walking away from that question. But I, I'm open to hear, hearing anyone's thoughts about how I phrased that question or the results of that question and what that means to you if you would say that you are currently in the refining, enhancing stage of your board game hobby. I see Cynthia here from Meeplesource. She says, happy holidays. I wish all of you a wonderful time this week with your friends and family. And I hope that this coming new year is full of all the things you love most. I love that, Cynthia. For everyone here, um, that, is a, that is a beautiful sentiment and, and I echo the same thing. Um, um, yeah, well said. Chad says, spray foam works great to keep the cold off of exposed pipes. That's a great, uh, great tip. I might need to explore that. Spray foam. Need to find the right pipe though. I, so last year when, when something froze, it was, the, it was essentially my toilet that froze. Um, the toilet itself was fine, but I couldn't flush for a couple days. Um, and I don't know where that pipe goes. I don't, I, I'm guessing it is an external pipe, but, uh, but I don't really know. I don't know where it is. I'm not very handy around the house um, or around the condo. I don't, I don't have a house, uh, the apartment, but uh, I should probably figure that out. That would be a good thing to figure out. This is one of the things that I, I so much miss my dad for because my dad was so good at figuring out these things. He was so handy um, and he would, he would know what to do with it. He did help me figure out how to, uh, how to defrost the pipe when that happened. I kind of pump that that room the, the the bathroom full of hot air and that helped uh the pipe defrost but they need to actually find the pipe natsu hotsuki on board says happy holidays i also spend my weekend in st louis with friends and that's awesome and i bought them a copy of wingspan for christmas that's wonderful that you were actually here in st louis that's great i hope you had a good time here what else did you do while you were here with, with friends did you eat any good food from restaurants that i might know or did you go to pieces board game cafe and bar I highly recommend that to anyone who comes to st louis Jordan says, last Sunday, him and his wife participated in a board game secret Santa. The community in Bulgaria is small, and it was our first community event, and it was great. That's awesome. We met a lot of positive people, and we laughed and got our first invitation from people that we just met. The board game community is, is great, so thank you, Samara Games, for making it even better. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, I can't take credit for anything that's happening within your board game community in Bulgaria, but I'm so glad that you, that you gave that a try um, and that you had a good time and met some good people. That's wonderful. It did remind me that I had a, a little... It wasn't a gaming-related event, but a lot of friends that I play games with hosted a Secret Santa thing uh, event on Sunday, and I got a game that I've been really wanting to play called Creature Comforts. 
I um, haven't played it yet, but I do intend to play it by the end of 2022. It might make the list. We'll see if it makes the list. I've heard great things about it, and I look forward to playing that. Other games that I played recently are Lands of Galzir, um, which I talked about yesterday in a video. Barrage, which I played on Board Game Arena, thanks to my friend Pete, who taught us. Peter's Two Sheepdogs, a little Rondell trick-taking game for two players. And Wicked and Wise, a superb trick-taking game that, uh, that I will talk about on Friday's video. And my video, what was my long video? Oh, I talked about games, uh, cooperative games that feature limited communication. So limited communication cooperative games where you have some information that you cannot tell to other players and not just where the game like tells you that you can't tell it, but where the game breaks down. Like the game does not work if you try to play it with open information. Like Hanabi, Hanabi would be an example. If you played Hanabi with open information, it would not function. So I talked about games like that on my uh, top 10 game design video this past Sunday. George says, any plans for the holidays? I hope you have a great time and wish you a Merry Merry Christmas. Thank you, George, for saying that. I wish the same to you. I'll be here in cold St. Louis with Megan and her family, her brother and sister, and also my mom is coming to St. Louis to spend a few days with us. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have we're gonna have a great time over the next few days. Maybe if my, my mom's up for it, I might get her to do a video with me. I don't know what we'll talk about, but maybe we'll do a, either a live stream or we'll do a, we'll talk about a game design or, or do, a, do a Sunday video. I don't know what we'll do, but... Uh, my mom will be here, and we're just hoping to have a good time with her. Jacopo says, which are the main distribution channels for board games? Do you think they're, they're going to change in the near future? So there are a few games. Yeah, there are a few channels for how we get our games as a publisher to consumers. One is direct. So we sell games directly on our web store on an ongoing basis, and we have pre-orders that feel maybe a little bit like crowdfunding campaigns, even though we've already made the product at that point. So that's one channel, direct to consumer. The next is direct-to-retailer, where publishers can sell games directly to retailers. Um, I would say notably local retailers, friendly local game stores, but also online retailers so that people can buy games that way. And the last way is two, or two other ways. One is to distributors. Um, distributors sell to retailers who then sell to consumers. That's one big way that we sell games. And uh, the last way is to localization partners or through localization partners. So we sell the the rights for a, a, a game to, um, to a localization partner who translates the game. We still coordinate production, so every copy of the game is, uses the same components and looks the same, even though the language is different. And I forgot one other way. The other way is digital games. Working with a digital partner, whether it's a company like Board Game Arena, Tabletopia, or a, uh, uh, someone who publishes a full AI version of a game. So yeah, those are the, those are the main, main ways. I'm, if I'm forgetting something, let me know, but I think those are the main ones, yeah. Matt says, on all the steps on the progress chart, which step do you feel causes the most frustration or is the most difficult? Hmm, interesting question there, Matt. Let's see what the chart says. And I'll get to Trishul's question in a second. So the steps in the chart are design, art, development, blind playtesting, solo design, graphic design, pre-production, components, print and assemble, freight, shipping, pre-order fulfillment, and retail release. Hmm. I mean, the initial design is often the most difficult, but also the most enjoyable because anything is possible during the initial design. Anything can take shape, but it can also take a while before the, uh, the, the final version, like a, like a playable, a fun, functional version of the game um, emerges from that design. So that's definitely up there. Uh, probably that. And also, unfortunately, with some of our releases, the pre-order fulfillment process can be really frustrating if our pre-order, if our fulfillment partners 
aren't doing a great job. And um, we have had that experience at times uh, that has caused us and, and will probably in the future cause us to, uh, to consider other filament partners. Um, that can be one of the most frustrating times because it is largely out of our control. We can handle customer service, but we can't actually ship things ourselves at that point because they're all in a warehouse. So that can be one of the most frustrating times. So I would say in different ways, design and fulfillment. Trishul says, did you develop your version of Scythe where workers were enlisted? Is it available as a print and play perhaps? So Trishul, I think you were taking this from a video that I posted a few months ago, well, well after I have stopped designing things for Scythe, where I talked about if I had any regret about Scythe, it is that maybe I would have given players access to workers instead of through production on villages, I would have made that the enlist action where you enlist a worker. This is a completely random idea that I came up with years after the side design. It is not something that will ever be part of the side design. It's not a real thing. Um, side works just fine with the worker production. It just is a little harder to explain how the current worker production works. So Trisha will know, please don't uh, confuse that with a way that I would recommend play. Like there is no other way to play side other than the way that workers are currently produced in the game. Hopefully that's clear. Tony says, last evening was our last game night before Christmas, and our group has a challenge of playing our own Geek Fest challenge game on that night. We make the Star Wars, Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit games and use them all. Or we take them and we combine them all, requiring you to answer one question from each franchise before you can claim a pie piece. To win, you have to answer all questions on one card. Wow, this is very difficult. He says, I was the geekiest last night. Tony was. For future reference, Darth Vader's last line in The Empire Strikes Back was... Anyone know this line? So this is, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know it. Uh, Darth Vader's last line in The Empire Strikes Back was, Luke, it is your destiny. I definitely would not remember that. I am terrible at remembering things like that. And Tony, I'm very impressed that you were able to do that. Okay, Peter's back here. Uh, I asked Peter if, uh, what, what the, the January um, crowdfunding campaign is. And he says, Andromeda's Edge, Luke Laurie's next big box title, is coming on January 31st for crowdfunding. Should be a fun, tra uh, fun travel to worker placement space. The game, the game he bought at Paxu to try in the final days, was a uh, Joan of Arc. Curious to see the bat, how the bag builder turned draw and write. Interesting, bag builder turned draw and write. I'll have to check that out. You have the the number 22 in there too. I'm not sure if that. Oh, games of 2022. Got it. Joan of Arc. Bag Builder turned Draw and Write. I'll have to try that. I like Bag Builders. I like Roll and Write games or Draw and Write games. Justin popped in to say hi. Tom says, I work in consulting and we spend too much time trying to come up with cool project names. How do you come up with yours? Because they are always interesting. Um, actually, I found this is one of the, the things that I found is really cool about any form of design over the years that having a constraint is really helpful. And the constraint that I've selected for our code names is our four letter words. Um, and so that constraint has really helped me come up with, uh, the many of the names that we use for our games for, for the code names for our games, not the actual names for the games. So I don't know if there's much of a process behind that. I kind of look at ways that I can hint at the game, but also put a red herring in there so people don't immediately know what it is all about. Um, so I, I wouldn't say there's really much of a process here and I try not to spend too much time on it because in the end, it's just a code name. It goes away. People don't even think about it after. I, I assume people don't think about it after we release the actual name of the game. Barry says, have you already awarded the prizes from the survey giveaway? giveaway? Yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago now, Barry, you would have heard from us by now. I'm sorry. That means that you didn't um, 
win one of those prizes. But yeah, there were five winners. I told them not this past Sunday. It was actually two Sundays ago that I told them that they, uh, that they won the survey prize. But we'll do more of those. We might have another chance in the future. And I, I try, Barry, just to come back to that, let me see what I say. I try to let people know, just so people aren't left wondering if they were selected or not, especially during the holiday season when they're wondering if they'll get a gift card or not. I try to let them know in the newsletter when that drawing will happen. And let's see if I upheld that part of the bargain here. So demographic survey, did I do it? Uh, this was in beginning of December. Here we go. Demographic survey. Yeah, so maybe I could have said it more effectively here, but I said, please fill out this two-minute survey by December 3rd, and I'll randomly select five respondents the next day to receive a $100 gift card to our web store. Actually, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, um, due by December 3rd, that meant that December 4th was the day of the drawing. So by December 4th, you would know if you had, uh, if you had been selected. Yeah. Sorry, clicking out of my email over here. Okay. Um, Nathan says, for me, it depends more. So I asked the question about uh, refining and enhancing. Nathan says, for me, it depends more on the game and the, and the expansion. If it is a more stuff expansion with no new mechanisms, I like them a little quicker. If it is a new way to play, I want to digest and get used to it before I get more. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I could definitely relate to that. Ryan is popping in to, to hang out for a few minutes. I'm behind on questions here, nine minutes behind. Chad says, I see refining and enhancing to mean that I now know what I like in games and I'm actively searching for games that fit my taste. I, that's really, really well said, Chad. I'm also looking to sell or give away games that I currently own that do not fit my taste. I can, yeah, that makes sense. That may, I, I like the way you said that, Chad. Trey said that he's also in the refining stage. I'm actually at a point in my collection where I have found what I truly enjoy and am now gearing my collection in that direction. In essence, refining or tailoring my collection to what I've learned about myself as a gamer. I love that, Trey. Yeah, I, I could also relate to that. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I must be in that stage too because that's I still want to try new games. I still, I'm looking over at my shelf over here. Um, I want to add to my shelf, but I also, more and more, I look at my shelf and I'm like, I haven't played that game in a while. What does that mean for me as a gamer? Is this the type of game that I'm just not going to get to the table? Is that because of me? Is that because of my group? Those two things matter. Is it because of, of Megan, my main two-player gaming partner? Um, looking at all those factors in terms of what I want to keep on the shelf and what I want to add to the shelf in the future. Judy is popping in to say hi. Hi, Judy. Uh, Trishul says, the Wingspan PWA rules app looks awesome. PWA. Don't know what PWA is. Do you feel that's the future of board game rule books? What is PWA? Not always good with acronyms on the moment. Let's see. Is that referring to the? Um... Yeah, I don't know what PWA is. Let me know what PWA is. There, there is a. We like uh, dyed interactive tutorials. I think there's. Uh, is there one of those for? No, I don't think there is one of those for Wingspan yet. Um, but there is, why is it not listed on here? I'm looking at the digital, ver oh, maybe it's on the FAQ. There is a way, I'm forgetting the, just forgetting the name right now. Um, rule Pop, Wingspan's Rule Pop. Rule Pop. But I don't know what PWA is. I'm very curious what that is. Justin says he's refining his collection. I'm out of my Kickstarter phase and I'm more of a concern of making sure the games that I get are worth getting. Yeah. Uh, Totally. I, I totally hear that, Justin. 
Uh, Corey from Blue Falcon Board Gaming says, are you counting down for Geekway 2023 tickets to go on sale like Josh and I are January 6th at 8 a.m. Central Time? You know, I used to uh, like have to schedule that and race to get it. Um, but now I just wait for them to send me the notification for me to get it because uh, Geekway sells very well, but they have not sold out over the last few years. And so um, I'm eager to get the tickets, but I'm not, uh, I don't have it scheduled. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in whenever, whenever they send me the alert to go, go buy it. Chad says, if you couldn't flush, that would mean the water pipe that supplies your toilet gets too cold. That plumbing might be on an outside wall. We're talking about how my pipe froze last year in one of my bathrooms. Um, if that's the case, you could probably drill holes into the wall and spray foam into the wall between the studs. Hit me up if you need suggestions. I am not one to drill holes in my, into my wall, Chad. That might result in some bad things happening. But, uh, but I will keep this in mind, and I appreciate the recommendation. Unfortunately, Megan's brother is very handy. So maybe, um, maybe I'll talk to him about it as well. Dusty says, let's say there was a board game designer's challenge TV show like Iron Chef. You're given three days to design a board game prototype and you can't use an existing prototype. What would you say is your wheelhouse? What kind of mechanism are you steering towards first? What's the theme? That's a fun question, Dusty. I mean, three days is, is a very short amount of time to design a prototype. Um, it's not plenty, of, more than enough time to come up with a, a number of great ideas, some good mechanisms, but actually to have a fun and functional prototype is very difficult. I would go with something simple. Um... And something that I could play test by myself. And so it would probably, I don't know what that would mean it would be. So I, I, hmm, I might lean towards worker placement because I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. I've played a lot of worker placement games. I've designed a few worker placement games, but I don't know. I, I would probably, you know, that's a, I would probably just pick the, something that, that seems fun to me, even if I don't complete the game design in three days. So I would I would look at my list of games that I've been wanting to design, uh, whether it's a theme or, or a mechanism that I want, which I know is wide open. This doesn't really answer your question, but I would look for whatever is intriguing to me at that time and, and pick and focus on that design. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I it, would, it would really depend on that moment and then me, Answering that in some ways, I would I will probably spoil something. So I don't want to spoil the next game that I'm going to work on. Um, I don't even exactly know what that game is, but I do have some ideas. But yeah, that's a fun question. I'm curious. Any other designers who are watching along here? If you had a challenge, and let's let's say that stakes are high. Say you're going to win a million dollars if you win this challenge. So it's worth your time and effort, even if it's not a million. It could be a lot less. It's still worth your time and effort uh, to to make something really really awesome. What would you what would you pursue in that short amount of time? I would definitely add some constraints to myself. I would limit myself to a certain number of cards, a certain number of components that I could easily and quickly prototype. Um, and just something that I could I could play by myself, I think, because I would need to iterate in a very short amount of time and, uh, and I may not have access to other people in doing so. George says, it would be lovely for you to make a holiday video with your mom about game design and what she enjoys playing or which mechanisms she typically likes in games. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up casually in conversation with her to see if uh, if she's interested in doing something like that. I don't want to put, throw up on camera if she's not comfortable with it, but she has appeared um, she has appeared in the past on my channel. So uh, she has she's done it once uh, when my mom, my mom and dad were here a couple years ago, I think. Nathan says, I answered refining enhancement for the, the survey, the demographic survey, and I meant that I was getting rid of games that I don't play as much and getting more games that are better suited to me and my friends. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to look at it. Um, and I should have realized that's what people were talking about uh, faster. 
Scott says, I joined a playtesting group on Discord a few months ago. It's been really helpful since I've been prototyping on Tabletop Simulator and in-person testing has been more difficult to coordinate. Are there any more groups like that that you can recommend? Um, what do I have on, so I have on my, uh, how to design a tabletop, how to design a tabletop game section of our website. I have a section on playtesting your game and I have some services that I mentioned that you could hire out to, but if you're just looking for people to play test with, um, I recommend events like Unpub and Protospiel, like the Stumbire Games Design Day and uh, local playtest events using, look at Meetup. On Meetup, you can often find local playtest events or to talk to local game stores to see if they have a, uh, a playtesting day of the, of the month or of the week. Um, virtual though, like Discord, what, what is the, uh, what is the Discord group that you find? I bet other people would want to know about that. What's the name of the group? And I can I can link to that on our website if it's, if it's open for other designers to join. Ian says, do you have any annual gaming traditions? He says, my wife and I have a Ticket to Ride challenge every holiday season where we play through all of our versions of Ticket to Ride and see who scores the most points and who wins the most games. We keep tracking the spreadsheet. This year, I think we we're up to 18 maps. That's a lot of maps of Ticket to Ride. That's awesome. I love that type of tradition. I don't think that I have one right now. Um, no, I don't, I don't think I have such a tradition right now, but, uh, but I like the idea of adding one, might need to add one sometime, but yeah, let me know how, let me know how that turns out after you all are done with that. And does anyone else, anyone else who's watching this, do you have any annual slash seasonal traditions where every time of year, and I guess it, it could apply, like, I know we've talked about this a little bit with like Halloween themed games, spooky or horror themed games, but yeah, anything like that could apply, especially if you have something like Ian's that maybe isn't even tied to a holiday, but it's just like at this time of year, every year we play this game two times and we determine, I don't, I don't know, anything like that. Let me know in the comments below if you do anything like that, that you've enjoyed. Uh... Chad says, it might be comforting to know that in Scythe, his buddy found producing workers to be very easy on his first game. I'm glad that was the case. David says, my wife and I tried to keep the nesting box as a Christmas gift to ourselves, but we couldn't wait. Well done. We love it. I'm so happy to hear that, David, that that, uh, that you're enjoying the nesting box so far and the fun contents within the like, Wingspan Asia. We do have, for anyone waiting for the second printing of the nesting box, that was the one that started production before we even ran the pre-order for the first printing. Um, we did a, a small second printing just in case without Wingspan Asia inside the box. Uh, that's something that we've already offered for pre-order, already sold out for that pre-order. That should be shipping in uh, mid to late January uh, to, to customers. And in early January, we will open pre-orders for a production, a print run of the nesting box that we haven't started yet, that we haven't started production for yet. That version will not include Wingspan Asia inside the box. We really... Probably, I don't know, even know if we really should have put Wingspan Asia inside the box because they are separate products. They are not related other than they happen to have print runs aligned with each other in the first printing. Um, but so future nesting boxes will not have Wingspan Asia inside the box and, uh, and we'll open pre-orders for that next one in early January. Socrates says he loves the new Rolling Realms promos. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Are there any plans for a big box to hold the current and future promos? There aren't necessarily plans for a big box, but I do, uh, I think currently all the, all the promos do fit into the original box. But at some point we might exceed the size of, that bo size of the box and I wanna do something to have them all fit. I don't want it to be a big empty box or and a fancy organizer isn't really needed because all you need to do is sort them by player. You, you probably shouldn't sort them by realm. That would add way too much time to the setup time. So you, would, you, just, you just need a few, to, six dividers to sort them by player. Um, 
we have something that we're playing around with. I, I don't have it in the, in the works yet, but we are playing around with something like that for the future. Yeah, I'll let you know when I have more details about it. Trishula says, any plans for a historic extinct birds expansion for Wingspan? So the expansions for Wingspan are going to be continent-based. We have three continents remaining in no particular order. They are Africa, Latin America, and Antarctica. However, we are open to making promo packs um, for, and notably, I think there will be most likely two promo packs. One will be about extinct birds, um, and the other will be about birds that we missed in, uh, in continents that we've already covered that are often requested by people. And so there's, there's a form on our website where people can request such birds. I think those are the two most likely promo packs of cards that we will release at some point in the future. Jerry says, what's your favorite holiday-themed game? He says, I'm enjoying Ghost of Christmas. I think I, I played Ghost of Christmas for the first time this year back in like June or July. Um, holiday-themed game. I don't know if I have any. I'm thinking of, of Christmas, you know, cold winter holidays right now. I don't know if I have any games on my shelf, I'm looking over here, that are particularly Christmas or cold themed, um, like winter themed. I probably do, I'm probably just not thinking off, off the top of my head, but let me know if anyone can think of any games that are themed around uh, the holidays, around Christmas, around snow, about, around the winter. I can think of like Frostpunk, but I don't own Frostpunk. Um, yeah, let me know, let me know if you think of any games in that, in that genre, in that theme. Okay, Trishul says that PWA is a progressive web app de de developed by RulePop. Yes, okay, RulePop. Uh, so that was the one that I was looking for there. Yes, RulePop, I think, did a really, really great job um, sorting through the wingspan rules and putting them on online for anyone to click through. And I, we do intend to do that for, for other games in the future as well. We have one for Red Rising and Wingspan right now. And thank you, Dusty, also clarifies progressive web app. I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with that acronym. Um, he says, RulePop lets you install their website as a fast app on your phone or computer. That's really cool. That's similar to, I think, the Lands of Galzir app where you can, you can somewhat install it so that you don't have to, uh, you can essentially download it, I guess. I don't know if that's the equivalent of, of installing it as a fast app. Barry says, I think I'm at the phase where I need to start refining. No more room on the shel shelves, but I really don't want to. I hear that. I hear that, Barry. You can always add more, add more shelves. That's what I kind of did. I have some wishes here from Chad, Stefan, and Shannon about uh, wishing me happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I really appreciate that, and I, I wish the same to you. Uh, Shannon says that they're looking forward to the next Tapster expansion, their favorite game. Oh, thank you, Shannon. We've had some great discussions recently about the final Civ adjustments that we're working on. These discussions all happen in a giant thread on BoardGameGeek, and I think we're getting really, really close now um, to... Uh, to making sure that all of the existing sieves are balanced as compared to each other and are as fun as they could be and as exciting as they could be. And it meant that we redesigned two of the of the sieves almost completely from scratch. The advisors and the mystics are very different than they were before. And I think that uh, you know, the traders are very, are very similar. There's one other one that's very different than it was before. Um, but sometime in 2023, I think we will release them all as a, as a, a pack of um, reprinted civilizations for people to consider. At the same time, if you're hearing this and you haven't played Tapestry, you haven't gotten Tapestry, the original civilizations are, I would say they are great. They work just fine. Some of them just happen to be a little more powerful than others or a little weaker than others. Um, and uh, I, I think that those types of things are noticeable by really experienced players that push the boundaries of, of those civilizations. But uh, 
But if you're new to Tapestry, you probably won't notice. And if you do notice, we have some very simple adjustments that are available on our website where you just like start with an extra resource or a few or fewer victory points or fewer uh, resources, things like that to balance it out. The, the printed adjustments are a little bit more in depth. Another acronym here, VPD, VPT, Virtual Playtesting. Okay, so Scott is mentioning the Discord channel that he was talking about. Let me search for that to, so I can pull it off later. Virtual Playtesting Group. Cool. Yeah, thank you for suggesting that. Alexa has an annual or seasonal tradition. She says, my partner and I got married in August 1998, and every August we played through all the Spiel de Yars award winners from 1998 up through the present year. Oh, that's really cool. That's a lot, a lot of games at this point. Um, it's been a fun way to revisit older games and different seasons of our lives by remembering when each of the games was the hotness. It takes us longer and longer each year, of course, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so when you did it this year, Alexa, what was one older game from that group that you were kind of reminded how good that game really, really is. I know there's a lot of them in that group, but it was the one that stood out that kind of surprised you in terms of how much you enjoyed it. Although that, if it's older, it means that you've also played that game every year now for a number of years. But yeah, I'm still curious. Matt says that his wife and him play a two-player tournament between Thanksgiving and Christmas. We can only play each game once and the winner chooses the next game. Well, that's fun. I like that. We have an Ansel de Yars trophy with the winner's names getting put on it. I'm currently losing, and we're playing Everdell tonight. Wish me luck. Good luck, Matt. Have fun. Um, and that is a really cool tournament. I love these ideas that you all have. I, I need to start one of these traditions with Megan. Um, yeah, I'll have to talk, talk to her about this, because these, these are some really, really cool ideas. And I like that one, that the winner gets to pick the next game. Although that could also be the loser picks the next game. That way, even though they lost, maybe they're feeling a little down for losing, they have a little bit of hope because they get to pick the next game. I might might try something like that. Chad says, what's the chocolate of the day? Do you have any special meals planned for your mom's visit? Chocolate of the day, I'll talk about that first. What do I have? We actually just got some chocolate from the Girl Scouts. And so we have a bunch of Girl Scout chocolate right now. Um, also got a nice package from Harry and David with some good chocolates the other day. So I'll say I'll go with a, a Girl Scout chocolate today. Also, actually, Bissinger's, I got, I have a lot of chocolate. It's the holidays, a lot of chocolate. I have a little pack of really nice Bissinger's chocolate that, I, that I'm guessing I'll probably delve into later today as well. I've already eaten a, a few of the truffles inside. Um, special meals. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a couple good meals together, but there's one big meal that we'll be cooking on Saturday for everybody. And so far, the meal includes crab cakes and um, peanut soup. And I need to add more things to that meal, but I'm not sure what to do yet. I want something nice and green and fresh. Um, I don't know what else we'll add yet, but it's, yeah, I'm working on that meal. I need to go grocery shopping for it today before it gets really, really cold here. It's already very cold, but it's going to get colder. Justin says, I'm hoping to make Merchant of the Dark Road a yearly tradition around the holidays. That one, that did come to mind. It does have uh, a snowy feel to it. Um, I could definitely see that one working on over the holidays. Nathan says, for the design challenge, I wouldn't do a deck builder. Oh, yeah, I, there's no way I'd do a deck builder for a three-day challenge. Um, my design has some deck building in it, and balancing the cards is a major headache. No way I would tackle that in three days. I don't understand how anyone designs deck building games. I, I, have, I have tried and tried, and uh, they, are, they are really difficult. I, I'm impressed that you've, you've gotten so far in your design so far, Nathan. Chad says, I heard people like to play Die Hard during this season. I need to play Die Hard. I have not played Die Hard the game yet, but I really need to play that. I've heard great things about it. 
Nathan says, once a year, my sister sends me a text with a picture of the scorecard from the first time she beat me at Wingspan. I love that. She beats me consistently now, but it's a fun tradition we have and a chance to live out our friendly sibling rivalry. I love that. That's, that's really cool that <laughs> you get to relive that year after year. One thing that we haven't talked about today to kind of end the discussion is the World Cup. I don't know if any of you watched the World Cup on or the finale, the final game on Sunday, but I enjoyed watching. It was a nail biter. I was... I found myself rooting a little bit more for Argentina because they hadn't won in so long, but I also just wanted a really good game. And I'm glad France, who I think they were, they were essentially held at bay for most of the game by Argentina. They broke through and made it a really action-packed game in, um, in, in overtime, in PKs, and in the, the final, what was it, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Great game, I think, to end the World Cup. And congratulations to Messi and Argentina, all of his teammates. And we, we did something fun where uh, we brought... Not exactly traditional food, but we basically brought, brought French pastries to the table, or, or the, uh, the people that were, were hosting this uh, small gathering. They brought French pastries to represent the French team, and I brought empanadas, which I'm not sure are entirely traditional Argentinian food, but it, it uh, you know, from, from uh, Central South America. Uh, and so we had these two, uh, two different types of delicious foods that we got to eat that were somewhat paired with the teams playing at the World Cup. That was fun. I love food pairings with things. And also played a little cold disc golf over the weekend. Uh, very cold, but had, I, I, we really bundled up. I had two hand warmers, and, and uh, yeah, we had a good time doing that. It's almost never too cold to play disc golf. Okay, Alexa says, uh, Alexa was talking about their, their Spiel de Yard tradition. She says, I think probably that to call always stands out to us. As remembered when we got it in 1999, it was so different from other games that we played until then. And third and taxis is just a nice route building, planning, and thinking game that we probably wouldn't have picked up without the Spiel de Yards nudging us to do so. So to call and third and taxis. I'm trying to think if I've actually played to call. Let me look at that. There's a game I might be confusing it with. Pull up Board Game Marine here. Let's see. To call. Have I played this game? I have not played this game. No, sounds like I need to play this game. It looks beautiful. Yeah, no, I definitely have not played that. That's cool. That's lasted so long. Ranked 295 on Board Game Geek. 7.3. 19,000 ratings here. Designed by Keesling and Kramer. Oh, they've been around for a long time. Cool. Yeah, thank you for that recommendation. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, and Chad says, speaking of disc golf, I just found a course very close to his new house. He's so stoked. That's awesome, Chad. Uh, take some Stomeyer disc out there and, and uh, have fun. I hope you have fun with that. When it gets a little bit warmer, maybe. I think that's it for today. Uh, I'll be back for one more live cast in 2022 next Wednesday. And uh, until then, I hope you have very happy holidays with, with people that you care about and, uh, and pets that you care about. Some good, some good uh, cat cuddles, I'm sure, are coming our way over these cold next couple days. And uh, thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next Wednesday. Happy holidays. Take care. Bye.